This is Create the Next from Pro CFO Partners, where every week we explore strategies and ideas for financial management and growth to help today's businesses put their financial picture in context. Welcome back to Create the Next. I am Chris Bentliff, and I have Kathleen Reynolds back with us today. And Kathleen, it's great to see you. Uh, Happy New Year. And we're talking today about funding for tech startups, which is really great. Uh, we, we recently had an episode where we were kind of talking about the stages of organizations and the funding needs as we go from early to mid to late stage. And I have a sweet spot in my heart for tech startups. So let's uh, let's talk a little bit about um, some of the challenges that you're seeing uh, maybe right now that are unique in the world of tech startups and, and funding. I'm thinking about We've got Web3 coming up and we've got uh, a lot of new uh, SaaS uh, projects that are coming up. And we've got kind of a, um, I don't know, we had we had a lot of buzz around chat and AI two, three years ago. And that's kind of changed. And I'm just wondering what you're seeing out there in general in the landscape. How how are you seeing some, some new things as we move into 2022 uh, where tech startups are concerned? So first of all, Happy New Year, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Uh, glad, glad to be back here. Um, so what I'm seeing really uh, is right now um, the the need for these startups to be able to uh, connect um, more with investors because there's there seems to be um, at least a, a shift from what I've seen in terms of supply of capital for investment purposes. So VCs are looking for new and you know new companies to invest in. Um, ways to get additional yield. And um, there, there are, I think, a lot of companies out there that are these new startups that need to connect with those investors. What, what, what's happening, it looks like, is that there's more money right now chasing investments than there are investments. So what what's happening is that we're seeing hedge funds kind of um, hedge funds and VCs looking for these riskier opportunities because they're not getting the yield that they normally get. So I'm thinking that smaller uh, startups really need to try to connect more with these uh, available pots of capital that are out there. Um, and that's one of the challenges I think that that's coming out right now. Um, one of the other challenges is this the labor market that we're in, unfortunately. Um, so uh, there, it's very tight right now. There's uh, a, there's a lot more um, opportunity than there are candidates who are looking, you know, uh, looking for uh, these opportunities. And I think that startups are being uh, are are feeling that as well. So not just the typical you know businesses out there, but startups are having trouble finding the um, the talent that they need um, and at a, at a cost that they can they can afford to preserve their runway um, so those are some of the challenges that that I think are out there right now for startups um, it's really finding those pots of capital that are that are out there and looking um, you know looking for uh, good investment opportunities and finding the talent at a price that they can afford to preserve their runway Really interesting. Do you feel like the 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 disconnect between um, VCs looking to invest and startups just not being available is that a function of we're in just kind of a 
a lull of activity where startups are concerned, or there's plenty of startups, but they're not being smart about how they could be engaging different financing relationships. Yeah, I think it's I think it's more of the latter that the, that it's difficult for the early stage startups to find and be connected with um, the the capital that's out there. So uh, one of the things that uh, that I think will be important, it was important and will continue to be important, is um, for these early stage companies to find the right advisors yeah. and um, and folks to put on their boards to connect them. So to provide introductions to these VCs that are looking for these certain opportunities and for these hedge funds that are, you know, setting up these SPACs and not finding the opportunities they need. And so having to, you know, uh, to scale them back and that sort of thing. So um, what's going to be important is for uh, startups to align themselves with the right advisors and with uh, the right groups of folks to provide these connections, make those introductions and, um, and help connect them with the funding um, resources. Let's talk about that a little bit. I find, um, and we've talked about this before here on the podcast, that a lot of startup, um, you know, the creator, uh, the the, uh, the innovator, um, they're trying to do all the things at once. And part of that, as you point out, is to preserve their runway. Um, but they're maybe not enlisting uh, the folks that they could be or expanding, you know, their, their, uh, their network of experts uh, on their board or on their team that could have these relationships. Um, tell me about some of those people that they should be uh, engaging. Obviously, we have a big soft spot for the CFO. And obviously, we see the appeal of, in the example of ProCFO Partners, there's a great big network of connected experts, diverse, lots of relationships. But who should I uh, if I'm listening and this is news to me, wow, I've, I've got a startup and you're telling me there's capital out there. What should I do? Uh, who should I have on my team that really, um, not just the relationships, but the skill sets that can help me take my, my business to the next level? Well, they should start with um, some of the, the partners that they already have in their, in their network. So people like um, uh, who are aligned with university incubators. There are sometimes good folks who can introduce you to, you know, a whole realm of, of uh, additional advisors, of VCs, angel investors, if you're really early stage. Um, so, a lot, you know, whoever they are aligned with in terms of their um, university networks and incubators, that's certainly a good place to start. Um, other organizations are, you know, some of the, the startup organizations that, that, Sort of exist out there, you know. Get on, get on, um, or get connected with uh, the Y Combinator. Uh, you know those those types of resources that are there for you. Um, sometimes you need to be a squeaky wheel, but get you know get involved in those um, in those organizations and and see what resources they can offer. Another thing that um, I found that was kind of interesting was leveraging banking relationships. So some of the startups that I've worked with were looking at, uh, they started off with, with a certain bank just because it was easy, whatever that was, you know, the, the Chase and City groups of the world. Um, but then have found over time that there are actually banks that are sort of more geared towards uh, 
working with startups. Um, so those banks can also offer introductions on their own to their networks. So, you know, these banks will be working with um, uh, qualified, you know, institutional investors, uh, will be working with VCs and angel investors on a banking level and may provide introductions. So they'll be the conduit for the the, um, startup who is just has a sort of a basic banking relationship, but could be starting to book sales and that sort of thing. And the bank can provide that introduction to some of those um, untapped resources of of capital that exist out there through their own uh, private clients and, and others. So part of what I'm hearing you say when you talk about kind of this power of introduction is, um, I don't know, diversify your network. Sometimes, as you point out, the first uh, the first opportunity you get or that you just thought you'd go to um, could be three steps away from the real one, the right one. But if you, if you don't have the network and if you don't have the investigative sort of skill sets or somebody on your team who does have that, you could be missing out on those opportunities. Is that... I don't know. There's an experience and there's an expertise, but there's also a, 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 that skill set of of digging deeper, finding the right partner, or looking into um, the pros and cons of this or that. And I feel like that's another one of those components of of having the right advisors or the right strategic kind of consultants on your team. Do you agree? Create the Next is brought to you by Pro CFO Partners, who believe every business deserves to work with an expert CFO to guide its success. ProCFO partners are expert financial officers, networked across industries, verticals, specializations, and situations. Fulfilling the role of a part-time CFO with all-time commitment, ProCFO partners utilizes the innovative and exclusive FGC financial flywheel as a framework that creates momentum to drive your financial functions for sustainable success. Visit ProCFOPartners.com to explore how we can implement a systematic and scalable financial system to help you achieve your goal. ProCFOPartners.com Yes, I I definitely do. Um, Some of the pitfalls that I've seen as a result of not having sort of the right advisors is, uh, first of all, a complacency. So uh, some advisors just want the cachet, I hate to say it, of working with a startup. And so we'll um, you know, maybe not um, go out of their way so much to provide introductions, or maybe they've uh, sort of overrepresented their network. Um, and so, but but they want to be a part of this, um, you know, sort of exciting um, or or sexy, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, industry. Um, but they're they're not really the right you know, they'll, they'll be your cheerleader and they may have expertise in, in certain areas that they can, you know, advise you from, from a company standpoint, but they might not be so good in terms of helping you build your network. And you really have to weigh the folks you have that, you know, as, as advisors and what, what you expect sort of to get out of them. I hate to put it that way, but that's, that's how it works, right? The advisor is there to help in many different ways. And, and as a, a startup founder, you need to gauge, you know, what exactly are are your expectations and and what exactly are you going to be getting out of each relationship? Um, And if you find that not a lot of these relationships are resulting in the right introductions or or connections to capital, connections to business as well, 
um, then you have to really reevaluate what are you getting out of these relationships. And there could be some good things, you know, don't get me wrong. Um, you might have some, someone might have expertise in pricing, uh, for example, which is, you know, a really refined skill set. Um, and so you, you know, great, but, but then, you know, you have to consider what, what, um, networks are provided and being given freely through these relationships that you have with advisors and board members. That is great advice. And I feel like that ability, that relationship management um, experience and skill set is often outside the skill set of the founder who is, and they're so excited or energized, or there's so much inertia around one relationship that you might yeah. not even stop to second guess or to ask critical questions around. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's understandable. You, you start to form a loyalty, right. To your early backers and your early um, advisors and, and that's all good. And there's the, the thing that, that um, I think is interesting that founders may learn over time, but not all of them do is that sometimes a relationship is the right relationship for that point in time. But then as you grow or you're changing or you pivot, that relationship may no longer be the best for you or may not be providing what you need at that time. And so you might need to sort of to use the same word, pivot away from that relationship or, or focus less on that relationship and try to find, you know, the new ones that are going to help you with whatever it is that you're at, at the stage you're at now. So you kind of have to think about these relationships as are they meeting your company at the stage of growth or the, the pivot that you're at at that time. Um, and it's hard to do that. You know, it's not always easy to do that. But that's one of the things that that certainly the the, the lead founder, if not, you know, more, more than, than that person, but the founders in general should be focusing on too. You know, that's, uh, that's a great perspective too, because not just functionally sort of moving away from those relationships, as you point out, there can be a loyalty that's involved. Um, but understanding when you're on that precipice, you know, that again gets into that idea of expertise. And exp if, if this is my first kind of startup, I might not realize that it's time or I might be trying to pull this thing with me or make more of this thing than it could be. And it was really it was exactly what I needed last year or yeah. in our last sort of stage. But it isn't uh, now. I feel like that's a part of um, kind of relationship management in the runway. Uh, tell Absolutely. me more about, tell me, yeah. So how do I, how do I manage the whole runway financially, but also relationship wise? I don't know. Is there a, a philosophy that I can be applying or do I again just need to kind of be counting on some experts to walk me through that? Who've been through this before? What's some perspective I can have if I'm a founder? Yeah, I think that's a really good question and it's kind of, kind of a difficult one, but there, you know, I have the experience with, with one, um, startup where, you know, I was talking about complacency before and the, the opposite sort of happened where a board member actually wound up becoming the functional head of the company oh. and sort of, you know, eating away at the CEO's power. And, um, you know, that was uh, something that I had brought up on more than one occasion. And uh, unfortunately, it turned out that this pretty much happened. Um, so, as a founder, it's almost like you really have to be, you have to be laser, laser focused on your vision, laser focused on the, the resources you need to get there. So not just financial, but relationship wise, 
who is going to provide you with the right guidance, the right introductions, the right network, the right um, business acumen to help you get there. Um, and, and, and be aware of the changing dynamic. It's, it's sort of hard, right? Um, of the, the advisor circle that you've, you've, um, you've developed, you know, around your, around your company. Um, I don't know about philosophy, but, um, but I would say that, that what I described is, is, is really, um, the, the way a founder kind of has to think it's, you know, where, where is, um, what stage am I at? Is my company at, are my advisors at that stage to at the right stage to help me? Do they have the right skill set, the right connections, et cetera? Are they meeting me where my company is at? And if not, um, you know, I need to expand. I need to expand. I need to start talking to more people and figure out, um, you know, through the resources I mentioned earlier, who else I need to bring in to kind of help me at where I'm at, where my company's at. Um, and, you know, again, uh, be observant of the uh, sort of strong personalities mm-hmm. in your advisor circle who might kind of start to overstep. Um, you know, this is something that, that, that happens um, and it's uh, something to manage when you're talking about relationship management. It's something to manage and it's hard because a lot of times these advisors, as you go through funding rounds, um, have invested a lot of money in the company. And so they want a larger and larger say in, in how it's run and in the decision-making in general. And that becomes difficult to manage. Um, so as a, as a founder, you know, you really have to have that um, ability to, um, to, to sort of stand up to that in a way, right? And have that laser focus on your vision and, and make sure that everybody is still behind you in that vision. Um, but really leverage your, uh, your relationships to, to do that and, you know, prevent, uh, the, the company from, you know, kind of going on, on, uh, the, uh, the route with one advisor, you know, as opposed to following, um, the vision that the founders had for the company and even, you know, and even the pivot, if it turns out that you do need to pivot. Um, so it's, it's, I hate to make it sound so dire, but, um, you know, you really have to, you really have to watch your relationships and, and nurture them, um, you know, closely for both complacency and the flip side of the coin, you know? Yeah. It's such valuable advice and perspective, and it's almost insidious. Like you don't realize sometimes that this and friction helps the work. So you want people who will challenge and debate. Absolutely. Disagree. Yeah. But you yeah. don't necessarily know sometimes when that's flipped into a controlling mechanism or something even more toxic. And and with all the other things going on in the founders, you know, reality, that part can sometimes, you, by the time you realize it's happening, uh, it's the fire has started and and uh, yeah. it's getting a little bit out of control. That's that's tricky. Yeah, yeah. No, it's uh, it is, and that's why as we were saying before, relationships are so important. You, you really have to trust the folks you've surrounded yourselves, yourself with, um, you know, as, as advisors and, and board members, and they might change over time and founders have to be open to that um, and sort of ready for it. Um, so, yeah. 
but they can rely also on other trusted advisors. So like, uh, of course, to toot our own horn, your CFO, yeah. um, because your CFO is, is there to, uh, you know, not just be the number cruncher, right. Or, or, or be your, your, um, your, your bank relationship manager, but also to point out risks. We are also risk managers and we're going to point out risks when we see them. Um, and especially if, if it looks like it could be something that, uh, that is a blind spot. <laughs> uh, so, you know, we, we are prepared to have those difficult conversations with uh, business owners and founders because um, that's our job, uh, you know, is really to, to point out the blind spots, point out the risks. And sometimes those conversations are difficult, but if you, uh, you know, if you really form a partnership with your, with your CFO, you know, as a founder uh, or a business owner um, and, and come to get that trust, then, you can have those conversations and that, that hopefully will help um, uh, to head any issues off at the pass <laughs> before they come to pass, right? Hey, if I'm a tech startup founder right now and I've been listening to this episode or watching this video, this has been a great big dose of sort of uh, healthy reality for me. And I would feel energized to start examining some of these things or, or just taking some, some inventory on what's going on because it's just been such great sort of actionable, practical tactical advice uh, that you've shared with us this morning, Kathleen. And uh, I'm really grateful for your generosity with that. It's been great to talk to you again. I can't wait to have you back again. And we'll dive more into this world of tech startups and um, enjoy your day. Happy New Year. And we'll talk again soon. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Happy New Year. Thanks for listening. And a special thanks to our subscribers. Consider becoming one today. Visit ProCFOPartners.com and learn how we can help you build a framework for financial management and growth.